journalists have always had prognosticators, futurists, people that get paid a lot of money to figure out where we'll all be in a few years. I think we can all agree that businesses never expected an overnight shift to remote working the way we've seen as of late, sharing your office space with children, pets, and spouses. But this isn't the first time we're seeing something like this. You might not know his name, but you recognize him. Back in March of 2017, Robert Kelly was being interviewed on the BBC when his two young children barged into his home office on live national TV. (laughs) Remember the baby in the round walker? Now that was cute. That moment of toddler joy took the internet and the world by storm. But now, three years later, we're all at home having our own Robert Kelly moments. Your weekly marketing meeting has been photobombed by your cat. Your teenage son wanders in, in his underwear. Mom, what's for breakfast? I'm starving. Your neighbor decides to demolish his drywall the moment you dial in for the client presentation. Just another day at the office. My name is Melanie Green. You're listening to Remote Works, an original podcast by Citrix. It's all about the world of remote work, from innovative companies and industries sharing best practices to the realities of supporting and enabling a remote workforce. We'll dive into topics about employee experience, leadership strategies, building a remote culture, and methodologies of building trust all through the lens of remote work. Today on Remote Works, The Remote Office Frontier, an episode about the challenges of moving out of the office and into a place that's full of pots and pans and pets and kids and coffee makers and noisy neighbors and, well, you get the picture. But it's also a place where you can create your own workspace, custom made to your needs. So many of us are becoming home office designers, And some of the lessons we're learning from creating our home offices might actually inform the traditional office spaces of the future. It's an evolution in design that for a lot of people starts something like this. You want to go on the trampoline with your baby? Yeah. Okay, we can do that as well. But mommy needs to do some work quickly, is that okay? Yeah. Yeah, okay, fine. Lizzie Dummer, her husband, and daughter live in the UK. They're about 40 minutes outside of London in Bishop's Stortford. That's a town of about 40,000 people. Lizzie works as a PR manager. When the UK went into lockdown during the pandemic and everyone went home to work, Lizzie's first thought was... The day that we found out that we had a complete lockdown was quite daunting, especially because my daughter goes to nursery and it meant that my childcare wasn't obviously going to be in place to be able to look after her when I'd have to work from home. So it meant a huge change for us. Fortunately for Lizzie, she worked in a company that had anticipated how the pandemic might impact the way we work. My boss is um, a really a, a great guy and he's a guy who is very much a planner and he had said every day before we left the office previous to the lockdown, take your laptops home. You just don't know what's going to be around the corner. You don't know what we're going to wake up to the following day. 
Lizzie knew she'd have access to the equipment she needed. She got used to bringing her laptop home with her. When the lockdown did happen, she was prepared to build her office at home. The right technology was the key aspect of feeling productive at home. Before the lockdown properly came into in the UK, I went to my office and I picked up my second screen and I picked up a few other bits and pieces to really be able to make my sort of designated work area at home feel like a work area and not just a pop-up laptop at a desk. So I think that was really key to be able to bring some of my office to my home office because it just made me feel a bit more at home and it made me feel a bit more like I would be able to be a lot more efficient um, if I had the right tools to be able to do what I do in the office normally. Doing things normally also meant rethinking her workspace. At first, Lizzie set herself up in the kitchen, right in the heart of her home. For a while, it was great. She could look out into the garden and see her husband and daughter playing outside. But she realized the things she was used to doing at the office wouldn't all be possible in her kitchen workspace. As time went on, I really needed to have a designated office with a door that I could shut and I could get on with some work for a few hours and then come down and be mum. You know, as much as lovely as it is all being together, sometimes you just need some headspace to get away, to actually get on with your job and feel like you've done a really good day's work. So she put a little fresh paint on the walls of her daughter's old nursery and moved her desk out of the kitchen and into a more private workspace. The privacy made her job easier. Having uninterrupted opportunities to talk to clients and the proper technology to seamlessly continue her work was key. At the same time, Lizzie wonders about everyone working remotely and the need for technology to be able to scale up and down for entire workforces. As long as the technology can stay up with what, what the needs are of the public, I think we'll be fine. But you just hope that it'll still continue to offer what we all need. Since she's made the quick switch from office to home, Lizzie's reflected on what it takes to make remote work work. Her advice for the rest of us who are still reeling from leaving the office behind? Don't sweat it. Like some days I leave my little office and think, great, you know, that's worked really well today. I've done a really good couple of hours. Let's go and have a cup of tea or have some lunch or whatever. You go back up and, you know, you can carry on working really, really well. There are also some days where I can't get in the zone and I'm finding it really hard to concentrate or my daughter needs me or my husband needs something or I'm being pulled in a million different directions. And you get to the end of the day and you think, I've not really accomplished anything. And what about whether we're going to be able to stick to a nine to five schedule? People are working from home and I think there has to be some leeway and some sort of, you know, flexibility and you have to take the rough with the, you know, the rough with the smooth. And some days you'll have great days and some days you'll have trickier days. But I think if you balance them all together, I think, you know, overall, if we're all getting through this and we're all still happy at the end of the day and we're all still getting our job done within, you know, some degree, then I think it's a positive. For Lizzie, it's all about balance. She needed to find the right space and technology to work from home and find the happy divide between how much time she would spend with family and how much time in her private workspace. Meanwhile, a continent away, in one of the world's largest cities, while Lizzie was converting her daughter's nursery, 
Lily Yaping Lang had been in lockdown for weeks. I work as an application engineer in a multinational software company. The software company Lily works for is in Shanghai. When the lockdown kicked in, Lily self-isolated in her own apartment in Shanghai, then moved to her family's apartment to be closer to them. Her brother had also moved into the family apartment to work and to wait out the lockdown. Space was tight. Lily set up her laptop in the living area. So did her brother. Actually, we don't have an independent workspace at my home for that. So I just got a pair of uh, earplugs and uh, have my dining table as my work desk. So picture this, a tiny apartment, Lily at the dining table, her brother in the living area. Meanwhile, her parents were just a few feet away in the living room, doing their best to keep the TV volume low. It was frustratingly hard to concentrate. In the tiny space, Lily couldn't even get up to walk around and clear her mind. Staying focused was pretty much impossible. Eventually, Lily was able to move back to her own apartment in Shanghai. Although using technology like a traditional VPN that doesn't adequately meet the needs of evolving use cases, it took some time before Lily could work the way she was used to working at the office. I can't do anything without connecting to a VPN, but as we all know, all the VPN sucks. So I can be better if the connection is better. Before the pandemic, Lily wouldn't have considered remote work. In my opinion, I thought people should be working in the office. If I'm managing a team, I would worry about the productivity and the effective communication and such problems. But as time went on, Lily got used to working from home. She learned a valuable lesson in remote work. For Lily, having a similar schedule and the right technology to do what she had done in the office was important. For the lunch break, I just go to the bedroom to take a nap and have a quick lunch and get back to the desk to work again. Lily's employer became more creative about connecting to employees. The company opens up a channel for all of the employees to, to post their work from home pictures anything about their daily life to keep the connection between the employees. And it's actually makes me feel uh, more connected to the wider range of uh, my colleagues. We don't have to be physically together to get things done in the professional manner. And uh, it also made me think that working from home is actually helping us to organize our work and life better because you have more freedom to allocate your time and and also to get the work done. Lily says that working from home gives her more freedom to get her work done. So, as we plan for the future, turning to flexible work environments that enable employees to do their very best work wherever they are, will keep us and our teams on track. A 
Amanda Carroll is a managing director of the New York office of Gensler, an architecture, design, planning, and consulting firm. Amanda believes that this remote work experience has had a huge impact on the way we work. It's opened up bold new ideas about workplaces, not just in our home, but back at the office. Amanda says employees are going to have a new benchmark for what their experience should be working from home. And a much more informed point of view on how, when starting with a blank slate, they can be their most effective. And, you know, with also no confinement around where they choose to work within their own home, they may be surprised and potentially now more informed by some of the choices that they make. Those adaptations... I feel, will be very beneficial to the way that they come back to work, the the mindset and the attitude that they bring to the office, because there will be a lot of experimentation around the individual's routine during this work from home that will ultimately create a more informed participant in the workplace. Amanda thinks that when we return to the office mental health and employee well-being will be a stronger focus for businesses. Work wellness has been a key focus for architecture and design since its inception. It started with life safety, then it went to, you know, ADA, then to sustainability. More recently, we had diversity and inclusion as a hot topic and an area for, you know, more widespread focus. And alongside all of that was, at its core principle, was a need to sort of protect and enforce health and well-being prioritized in the workplace. Now we're really truly talking about health. The overall well-being aspect is something that is right there standing front and center next to it because there is so much anxiety and stress uh, and angst that individuals are feeling around their jobs and their health and their home life and what the future looks like. Amanda predicts a major shift in office culture as well. It's going to be adapted to new policies and procedures that we will see written in the coming months and that a lot of individuality will take shape in the way that people author their days, in the way that they return to work, in the manner with which they collaborate with their teams, there's going to be a much more sophisticated combination of you know, routines, efforts, policies, procedures, and ultimately personal definition of how work will take shape. So how will offices change post-pandemic? Over the last 15, 20, 25 years, Workplaces have changed pretty radically. Arjun Kaker is head of insights and analytics at Zaha Hadid Architects in London. He says the way offices have evolved pre-pandemic will have to change now. They used to be a lot more closed off. They used to be a lot less dense than they are now. People are packed into offices a lot more than they used to be. And I think that there's going to be a real shift with that that workplaces are going to be a lot less dense going forward, that they're going to really thin out. Because with social distancing, even if that's just in the short to medium term, 
that's an absolute necessity of workplaces. But then going forward, I think people are just going to be a lot less comfortable, feel a lot less comfortable sitting very close to people. When you think about an office space, it's much more than just desks. There are hallways, common areas, and of course, the center of it all, the meeting room. I think meeting rooms will have to be a lot more generous with people a lot more spaced out in them. People are going to want to use elevators, lifts, less than they do at the moment. And one of the best ways to do that is if you've got a a building where people might just go across two or three floors to put in staircases and not just fire escapes, but attractive stairwells that are easy to access for people. So when we think about the office of the future, we are looking at what's worked in the past through a new lens. It's taking the best of what works with interior and architectural design and blending it with the latest in technology. It's also planning for and enabling agile work models to ensure continuity from office to home and back. And then I think that, that another thing that's, that's going to happen as well is there might be a shift away from people feeling as comfortable working in very high-rise office buildings. Maybe they'll feel less comfortable sharing an elevator with people from 40 different companies who might be in that building on 40 different floors. So there might be a move to more lower-rise office campuses. I think another thing is that there might be a lot less open plan. There might be more of a move back to people having their own offices with a door they can close. Although not necessarily a door with a door handle, maybe an automatic door that will close as they walk in through it. See, an innovative take on the past, a new look at automatic doors. This is the final frontier, just like James T. Kirk. And we're all wearing our pajamas, just like on the Enterprise. Until next time, I'm Melanie Green. You've been listening to Remote Works, an original podcast by Citrix. To learn more about how to make working from anywhere work for you, visit citrix.com slash remote works. Next episode in a week. <laughs> <laughs>